This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The 76ers were back at home, and that, as we've come to learn, is a very, very good thing. Thibault down low with a jam! Matisse Thibault with a right-hand jam! And the Sixers are picking apart the Memphis Grizzlies. The Sixers polish off the Memphis Grizzlies, 119-107. It breaks the season-high tying four-game losing streak, their ninth straight win at home. And one of the neatest parts about the win over the Memphis Grizzlies, the Sixers didn't even have their two new guys with them yet. Fortunate to add Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson the third. They're going to boost us offensively and defensively. I'm looking forward to getting them here. Who are Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson the third, and how might they be able to help the Sixers? We'll talk about that with Devon Givens on this episode of the broadcast. What's going on out there, 76ers pod people? You know, it is always great to podcast. We will never take that opportunity for granted. It is especially great to podcast following a victory. <laughs> and man, were the Sixers overdue for a dub in the worst way on Friday when they played the Memphis Grizzlies at the center. The good news was the 76ers came out on top 119-107 after that winless four-game road trip. Ben Simmons was a beast. Whoa, Ben Simmons with a wake-up call for the Grizz. Right down the lane with a right-hand slam. Ferky was feeling it. Here's Korkmaz for another three, and he drills it. The fans rising as one. They're feeling it. By the end of the evening, all was right with the world. Josh Richardson back for the first time in seven games. And hey, Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson III weren't even in uniform yet. And those two gents will be the focus of this podcast with Devon Givens, which will get underway in just a moment. But before we start, we usually like to take this opportunity to remind you to subscribe to our podcast feed. You can do it just about anywhere you listen to your podcasts, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, wherever, Pandora, Spreaker. Type in 76ers Podcast or Sixers Podcast Network, and that will take you to our feeds. So this was the second straight NBA trade deadline where I would presume the majority of you hardworking 76ers fans out there who were just looking for an easy, uninterrupted night's worth of sleep could have very well been awoken by the buzz or a ding of a cell phone and you look down and you see on your screen an alert coming from none other than ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski. A trade's just happened since we've come on the air. What do you got for us? Uh, Philadelphia has bolstered their bench. Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson from Golden State on their way to the Sixers for three future second-round picks. There was a lot of pressure on the Sixers to get some more shooting, some more scoring. That was indeed the news that Woj reported a little bit after midnight Eastern, early Thursday morning, about 15 hours before the 3 p.m. trade deadline that the 76ers would be getting from the Golden State Warriors. 
Alec Burks, and Glenn Robinson III. The news became official a little bit after 7 o'clock on Thursday night, and then on Friday down at the center before the 76ers tipped off in what would be a win over the Memphis Grizzlies. Sixers general manager Elton Brand met with the media and shared his thoughts on the acquisitions. Percentages of shooting. Could you talk specifically about Glenn and Alec and why their skill sets match here? Yeah, Glenn, uh, I'll start with Glenn Robinson III. Um, of course, the shooting, we mentioned that, but you know, defensively, um, he's guarded the best players. I know it's a career year and, and the team he was on wasn't having a great year, but he will play D um, for us at an extremely high level and he can shoot the ball and he's young and kind of fits our plans. Alec Burks, um, you know, just the other day I watched him score 30 on the road. <laughs> so when I was able to get him elite score, elite talent, can get to the foul line, can finish, um, and he can play defense also. So, you know, being able to add those two, I, I think it gave us the boost we'll need to, you know, make a run before all-star break and, and make a run before the playoffs after that. Clearly, Elton Brand believing that Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson III two veterans who can help the 76ers right now and moving forward on both ends of the floor. When we need some straight shooting analysis, there is no one who we turn to other than this man. It is always great to have him on the pod. From 97.5 The Fanatic, you hear him in the evenings, you hear him in the post, you hear him essentially all the time on 97.5 The Fanatic, the station where you can hear all 76ers games as well. D, why don't we start here? Surprised or not surprised that the Sixers ended up making a move? No, I'm not surprised at all. Uh, just understanding where the team is as of right now and some of the issues that they may have had a little bit over the course of the last few weeks where they've struggled specifically on the road and scoring off the bench. I, I thought that that would be the focus and seeing what they were able to do with the acquisition of Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson III that they had a, a focus on that exactly, which was, again, to help bolster, bolster the, the bench and see what they can get in terms of scoring, some more ball handling, some more outside shooting, athleticism, if you will, to go with this team off the bench. Because as much as Korkmaz and Thibel have done well on the perimeter, you know, you've had your struggles, if you will, with Mike Scott, James Ennis, and a few others, where this was probably a necessary thing for them to go out there and do. Being as one of these championship contenders, you know at times you have to go and take a shot when it comes to certain things. And Elton Brand in the front office, they did that in the offseason with the acquisition of Josh Richardson and Al Horford bringing back Tobias Harris. And over the last couple of offseasons, they've done the exact same thing by making the trade deadline moves, the buyout period, all of that to help this team push to where they need to be. Not only do we have those standards for the team and the expectations, but we know that the same can be said for the organization. So I was not surprised at all based off of where they are currently in the Eastern Conference. If Elton has shown anything over the course of his time as a general manager, I think it's that he's willing to not operate conservatively. He's willing to try and constantly find opportunities to make some tweaks and changes. Now, last year we saw twice two really big changes were made when the team went out and got Jimmy Butler in November and then made the trade with the LA Clippers for Tobias Harris, Boban, and Mike Scott. This year, in the aftermath of some of the moves that were made during the offseason, 
and the commitments that the 76ers made, this kind of seemed like it had to be a situation where Elton made a move around the margins, right? Like, I, I just thought for everything that was going on around the team leading up the trade deadline, it really would have taken something um, substantially dramatic for a blockbuster to go down. 100%. Uh, I think that that's exactly where Elton Brand was and just tinkering around the edges to make sure that they fill out the rest of the roster, the depth overall, if you will, and looking at where Brett Brown is going to have his rotation as we get closer to the postseason, the end of the regular season. When you get to the postseason, the playoffs, we all know that the rotation is going to shorten out a little bit. So that's something that they wanted to make sure that they were able to shore up. You already have Mike Scott playing the amount of minutes that he does in the regular rotation minutes. Matisse Steibel, the same thing. Shake Milton starting to come on a little bit. You needed to have a little bit extra coming off the bench to give teams a different look, a different type of approach when uh, we got we get to that point of the season, regular season, and, of course, the playoffs. So I totally agree. I did not expect any type of blockbuster after what they did in the offseason. It doesn't even date back to Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris, Mike Scott, and Boban. It's about right now where you look at what they did in the offseason by, again, bringing back Harris, acquiring Horford and Richardson. Those were the blockbusters that they had to do. Now it was about simply going out there and shoring up the rest of the roster. You mentioned the rotation, whether it's for the immediate future right now in the middle of the regular season or looking farther down the road towards the playoffs. How do you think that's going to shake out? Let's get into that because um, obviously now, based on some of the corresponding moves the Sixers have made, uh, Trey Burke uh, was waived. Jonah Bolden was released as well. James Ennis III sent to the Orlando Magic for a future second-round pick. Um, Ennis III, however, really the only player of that three-player group that you could say falls in line of the batch of minutes that could go towards a player like, let's say, Alec Burks or a Glenn Robinson III. Um, and also at that wing shooting guard spot behind Josh Richardson, there's guys like Furkan Korkmaz, Matisse Thibel, Shake Milton, all of whom it seems like the Sixers want to see more of. So where do you see perhaps some of these new players fitting in? Yeah, and that's, that's a great question. I'm glad you asked that one because when you do look at that and we see how things are starting to play out, I think Brett Brown is going to tinker a little bit and see which works the best, right? So when you have the struggles that you maybe have had in the past in the postseason with the skill guys where specialty players, let's say Furkan Korkmaz is while they're still trying to, as Brett Brown likes to say, grow a shooter. They also want him to do a few other things, put the ball on the floor, but he struggles a little bit defensively where in this instance, when they do have a certain matchup that they have and a certain lineup that they may want, but still need that shooting out there, Maybe Brown decides, you know what, we know Matisse Thibel can play the defensive side, but offensively he might struggle just a little bit. It's the postseason. This is something totally new for him. It's a, it's a physical game, not to say that he can't play in it, but still learning as a rookie where you might be able to throw in Glenn Robinson the third because he is a similar size, has similar length and the athleticism to keep up with a specific player just because of his overall uh, attributes as a player at standing at 6'5", 6'6", as Glenn Robinson. So I think that that's where Brett Brown will try to 
figure those things out along the way, thinking offense, defense. While I may be more focused on the defense, I'm still not losing much, but I still have something in Glenn Robinson shooting a career high from behind the three-point line and give you that defensive uh, presence that is still needed out there, whereas Furkan Korkmaz, the leading uh, three-point maker for the 76ers, may struggle a bit on the defensive end. So I think that that's where it will go. Shake Milton, the same thing while he's playing well. Will Brett Brown trust someone like Alec Burks in, in his in his spot instead of giving those minutes to Shake Milton? And it could be who the opponent is. It could be who is opposite them in that particular lineup for the opposition where Brown might decide to go that route. We know it's going to be shortened. You know Mike Scott is going to be in there. You assume Burks and Robinson are going to be in there, and that's eight. Now what? Now where's the where's the other going to come from? Where's that 9-10? And how Nato getting those minutes? Now maybe those backup point guard minutes when Josh Richardson comes back, they'll slide some of those to Shake Milton and or Alec Burks to handle that responsibility as well. So Brett Brown has some more things to work with, and I'm curious to see how he ultimately figures those things out depending on what the matchup is on any given night and in any given series. Listen, I think that by the end of the regular season and even when this year ends, I think something that people will be able to step back and look at um, were the minutes that guys like Theibel and Milton and Korkmaz got this year and what those younger players were able to do with it and how that could help the 76ers in the future. But as we've seen the last two years, and as you were just talking about, the playoffs are a totally different deal. And I feel like it can never hurt um, to have some battle-tested guys, some veteran guys who you could call upon if needed. Glenn Robinson III has been around for a while. Someone like Alec Burks, who spent the first handful of his seasons, parts of eight years, with the Utah Jazz. By the time he left there, they were back in the playoff picture. Um, he's a guy who's been around, and uh, you know these are guys who have experienced a little bit more than, let's say, the likes of Theibel and Korkmaz and Milton, at least relative to the bright spotlight of postseason basketball. Right, right, just being there. And even Glenn Robinson III, I, I don't want to be wrong, but I want to say that the Indiana Pacers, when he was with the Pacers, they made it to the postseason. I'm not sure how many minutes i'll check on that i don't, don't want to be wrong on it but i i look at that and you're right the battle tested situation and we've seen it plenty of times when the young players get into that new situation that new season as everyone calls itself and will they be ready for it will they prepare for it absolutely will they be ready for it the physicality the different type of uh, speed of the game in the postseason that every everyone talks about how things change it will certainly help to have of course, Mike Scott there and the starting five, but what about the rest when it comes to Thibel, Korkmaz, and Milton? It certainly helps to have Burks and Robinson III along for the ride right now. Devon Givens, you hang tight. I have to tell the good people out there about a very important date they should circle on their calendars. It is Monday, March 9th, 2020, and that is the date of the 5th Annual Sixers Youth Foundation Evening on the Court Gala presented by VIP Wireless probably heard me talk about this before maybe you've been to one of our youth foundation gals in the past they are awesome and nothing like your traditional gala you got players there you got coaches and alums as well this year the event for the first time is going to be held at the 2300 arena in south philadelphia where everyone can really work together to try and create a brighter future for our leaders of tomorrow from this region 
You can help our youth develop into the next generation of innovators by donating now. All you got to do is go to SixersYouthFoundation.org slash gala to support today and find out more how you can contribute to a great cause. And hey, maybe even join us, purchase a ticket or a table for the 5th Annual Sixers Youth Foundation Evening on the Court Gala presented by VIP Wireless Monday, March 9, 2020 at the 2300 Arena in South Philly. All right, Devon, getting back to it. When we look at some of the numbers that Robinson III and Burks are putting up with the Golden State Warriors, you know, you've got Robinson averaging just under 13 points a game, shot 40% from outside the arc. Burks, 16 points per game, career-high average, um, obviously playing uh, some of the highest-volume minutes of his career, but 37.5% from three-point territory. And, you know, these just weren't nice percentages. They're shooting at a pretty high volume as well. Um, yes. But obviously the, the subcontext for this is that Golden State is having a very un-Golden State-like season this year, uh, dealing with a lot of injuries. That means different guys than you might have expected at the outset of the year are going to get more minutes. So how do you reconcile some of the stuff that we've seen, at least on paper, from Robinson and Burks with how Golden State collectively was performing and what that might mean now that um, obviously the two of these players are going to be in a much different spot with the 76ers, a team that's battling for contention? Yeah, I would think that just looking at the career numbers with Alec Burks, a lot of it was situational injury history with the Utah Jazz where he missed time and Glenn Robinson III, a different path where he had to really work for his and get to where he is now. And they fell into a, the perfect opportunity with the Golden State Warriors, as you said, a unlike Golden State Warriors type of season with the injuries and all and the, the new pieces that they had moving on from certain players that they had an opportunity. And we know a lot of times it says, hey, on bad teams, some people have to put up the numbers. Someone has to do it. Points are going to go up. Someone has to do it. Well, high volume of minutes for Alec Burks, as you pointed out, and he responded with those uh, quality numbers, just over 16 points a game, as you mentioned, right around 37% from behind a three-point line, a versatile overall scorer, and as, as well as he has shot the basketball. So I've always liked his game all the way back to Colorado as a collegiate player because of the way he could handle the ball, his shiftiness at his size, put the ball on the floor, get to certain spots, still elevate, sneaky elevate over people and finish at the rim. Very crafty. And now adding this three-point uh, three shot to his game the way that he has so frequently, uh, it, it's, it just looks good for the Philadelphia 76ers. So a tune-up, if you will, with the Golden State Warriors to go out there, play those big minutes, have the opportunity to do that, but also know that in the past he was playing as a reserve. He, he's still a reserve in, with the Golden State Warriors, but playing as a reserve where his minutes might be down. But understanding here that they brought him in here for a reason. They brought him in here to put the ball on the floor, to put the ball in the bucket, and that's what they need from him. That's what they want from him, a decent defender, not as good as Glenn Robinson the third, but someone that you feel like you can count on. You don't look to necessarily hide as a defender. And as, as far as Glenn Robinson III coming in now, a, a former Sixer, you know, he was here doing the early rebuilding stages with the team. Same thing, really, just an opportunity. And now that he has the opportunity, both of these players have, have a chance to play for a playoff team, play meaningful minutes, and hopefully carrying over the confidence that they 
bring with them from the Golden State Warriors to now when nothing really falls off. Yes, the numbers are going to fall off in terms of points per game because the high volume of touches and opportunities that they had there may not present themselves here in Philadelphia. But again, the confidence and understanding that the coach is going to draw things up and call things for them to get them involved where they're not just sitting around running to the corner and not involved in the offense. I look forward again to seeing how Brett Brown incorporates them into it and how they handle their new situation. Someone asked me this the other day after the trade deadline, if I could name five players on the 76ers during the final game that Glenn Robinson III played here previously. So he ended the 2014-15 season with the Sixers. That was Brett Brown's uh, second year. Do you think you can name a handful of guys who were on the team that season? When you said this was the second year? Yeah, 14-15. If you had to take a crack... At, let's uh, as many as many guys as you could name All who right, finished the season on the roster that year. I, I think I got four. You uh, got four. Four okay. players on my own. Uh, Hollis Thompson. Yes. Henry Sims. Yes. Tony Roten. Uh, let me check. He. I don't think he had uh, to be here on the roster. You don't think so? Okay, he did not end the season. Let me. See. I'll. I'll. I'll, uh, I'll fact check that while you continue okay. to rattle off some um, names. Jakar Sampson? Yes. How about, he said, uh, was Ish on that team? Ish, Ish was on that team. Great job by you. Okay, Ish Smith, I have to beat you four and go for a fifth. I will go with um, Brandon Davies. Oh, that is a great name from the past. Ah, yeah. I don't think brandon davies okay was on all the right. roster at the end of that season all right roten was he was hurt at that point i forgot about okay. that at the end of the uh, end of the season injured so yeah right. i think that's an exemplary performance by you okay so there's five right there all right i yeah. was gonna say i was gonna run a few more but i don't know if they were gonna be no who, who, yeah we can uh you can just uh, go Alexi until you exhaust oh uh i don't think he ended the year with them no, Casper Ware? No, he didn't end the season with the team. Wow. There was one guy who I thought, uh, two guys actually who I thought kind of were maybe like year three or four of Brett, but uh, yeah. they were on the 14-15 team also. Isaiah Cannon, I forgot that he was there that early. Okay. Uh, and Luke Bob Mute as well. Luke Bob Mute, okay. And Cove, right. of course. And Robert Covington, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, now with the Rockets. How about that? Yeah, look at that. A blast from the past. It is crazy to wow. a, like think of the Sixers back at that point in time. But also that here's a guy like Glenn Robinson III who came in at the end of that year, spent like two months with the 76ers, and uh, he's had enough staying power in the NBA to uh, come full circle in a certain sense and now find himself back with the very same team. Um, obviously at a much different stage of the franchise's timeline. Yeah, and uh, it's good. It just goes to show how how guys just simply persevere over what's going on out there. We know it's a tough business, and there are only a certain amount of spots in this great association where you can end up on the team, and he's worked through it. Nothing was handed to him, and he found an opportunity in Golden State where now – he is part of a trade with a playoff contender 
with the Philadelphia 76ers where they look at him as someone who can come in and give them good minutes, not just for his defense and his athleticism, as we may have looked at in the early stages, as you said, Celts, of the rebuild of the Brett Brown era, but now known for his also Celts, his outside shooting, where that would not have been something that I would have put a check mark next to his first time around with this team. So it just goes to show the hard work and once again, just the, having an opportunity and working his tail off to be in a situation like he is now to play for a playoff team here in Philadelphia. We'll end it with this, Mr. Devon. Agree or disagree? While these trade deadline moves by the 76ers and Elton Brand can certainly figure to help, it seems like it probably will, and bring in Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson III, ultimately it will come down to the combination of health and the main core that this team was counting on at the beginning of this season to get the group to where it ultimately wants to go. Without question. As you pointed out earlier, it's great to have these players added to the team. They bring something that was much needed for this basketball team to shore things up. But when it's all said and done, I think no matter if it ends, as you pointed out, in late May, late June, or mid-June, that when we look back, we're going to say, the core, with the help of everyone else, the core is really what got the team where they ultimately end up at the end of the season. So should be an interesting ride to see how things go. I'm curious to see how these two new pieces jump in here with the Philadelphia 76ers as we head into the All-Star break. Devon Gibbons, the man, 97.5 The Fanatic, in the post after games. Thanks so much, dude. Thank you, Celts. Devon Givens, the best. You cannot convince me otherwise. Not even close. Here are nights, weekends, in the post, after all 76ers games on 97.5 The Fanatic. Follow him on Twitter, at DevonG975. We appreciate, as always, having Devon on the pod. Appreciate you listening as well. Hopefully the Sixers can keep on building some momentum after that win over the Grizzlies. They've got the Bulls and the Clippers before the All-Star game break. And, of course, you can catch Rewind editions of the podcast, essentially game recaps the morning after every game right here in our feed. All righty. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time. See ya.